You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker, your daily Broncos podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Broncos podcast. I am your co-host, Cameron Parker. Happy to be back with you guys for a brand speaking episode of the podcast. And we have a lot, certainly, to talk a little bit about today. And we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about DoorDash. What's the news regarding DoorDash? We're going to tell you guys a little bit about that a little bit later in the show but if you guys are followers of the Lockdown Broncos podcast, you guys can, and are new listeners of the Lockdown Broncos podcast, you guys can find us over on Spotify, Stitcher, the Himalaya app, as well as the Google Play app. And as I was finding out a few months ago, you guys can find us over on the TuneIn radio app. We have a fantastic show lined up for you today where we go offensive. We talk about the offensive side of the ball. Now, that's something... Certainly that was geared toward after the game on Monday with the victory because the offense really showed up and Cody spent a great deal of time on Tuesday's show talking about the transformation of the defense. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about where does the offense go from here in segment number two. And then, of course, in, uh, in finishing up the show, we're going to talk a little bit about Philip Lindsay and the tremendous uh, impact that he continues to have in the running game and potentially why the Broncos maybe even need to get him more involved. And I think that, you know, he's such a valuable piece of the offense, so I think that maximizing the touches between he and Royce Freeman is really going to continue to help out that offense. We're going to talk about that as we end the show. And now it is time for the five-minute Locked on Broncos story of the day. Well, on Monday, uh, Vic Fangio spoke to the media regarding the status of Jawan James, the right tackle, Jawan James, who had re-aggravated his ankle injury. The good news, the good news is, they said that the injury itself does not appear serious. But Fangio spoke to the media and said that he still does not know the timetable. He does not know yet whether uh, James will be able to play after the bye week. But certainly. All intents and purposes, this bye week is going to help him and potentially be healthy for the game against the Minnesota Vikings. But as of right now, Fangio said that the 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 ankle injury and the foot injury for uh, Juwan James does not appear serious. But at the same time, he does not know yet whether he will play against the Vikings. And do we have a potential contract extension in the works? Well, uh, apparently Fangio, when he was speaking to the media, was asked... If he, would, if he would consider drafting in Justin, Justin Simmons in the 2016 NFL draft. Well, he's, what he said was, was kind of telling. He said, it's a good question. I don't remember, but I do like him now. I've liked him early on from getting here. I do like Justin. I think he's a really good player, and I see a bright future for him in a Broncos uniform. Seems like quite the glowing endorsement for a guy like Justin Simmons who has really blossomed in his uh, short time as far as the, the, the now four years that he's soon to be four years and maybe even a, a fifth year if the Broncos can try and even extend him. But he's really blossomed into a fantastic safety. We saw what he certainly was capable of 
uh, in, tw- in 2016, hit a little bit of a rough patch in 2017 and 2018, but now it seems like he's playing at an all-pro level. The instincts are back. He's reading plays. The 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 him diagnosing and really showing that athleticism at the safety position, which is rare for a guy that size and 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 length that he certainly presents at safety, is something that I think the Broncos certainly have not had for quite a while. So I think that the Broncos will do everything they can to certainly lock him up. And I think that his priority certainly had changed. Them even certainly turning to Chris Harris Jr., that is definitely a sign of priorities. But Justin Simmons is definitely a priority. But even back to Juwan James, getting him healthy also, that is a huge cause for concern at least from the standpoint that they still don't know whether or not he will play after the bye week but my guess is they're going to be extra extra cautious with him simply because it is the same injury that he that he had encountered but granted as we were saying earlier it does not appear serious however my guess is the training staff and the health staff are going to take extra precautions with this particular injury because I think that offensive line injuries are sort of that tricky thing because if you put a lot of weight on that foot it, it the the chance that it can be re-injured or potentially even a much higher risk of uh, of a worse injury certainly is is not something the Broncos certainly want so I think that they want especially this bye week for James to get healthy and for him to really start getting himself comfortable because I think that especially now with this new offense that's now being implemented with a mobile quarterback such as Brandon Allen the Broncos I believe will want James back at right tackle so that they can potentially see what the continuity would bring with that offensive line and especially with what we had seen in Indianapolis before he went down because the Broncos were moving the football, running the football, and as well as passing the football when James was in the lineup. It it seemed like they were moving exceptionally well with what they certainly had to offer. So I, I ultimately believe that the Broncos need to see what they can do to get James healthy and see if they can get him most definitely healthy for the game uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. That, ladies and gentlemen, has been the Locked on Broncos story of the day, the five-minute story of the day. Please check us out over on the Himalaya app, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, as well as the Google Play app. And as I was saying, uh, I checked a few months ago, you guys can check us out over on the TuneIn radio app. Thank you guys very much for listening to the Locked on Broncos podcast. We have much in store for you right here on the Daily Bite Size Broncos Podcast. Well, as we were saying at the top of the show, we have a lot to talk about today, and it is certainly offensive, or should we say the offensive side of the football as we were saying at the beginning part of the show, Cody was talking a little bit about the transformation of the defensive side of the football and how they really have become a top five unit with some of the unknown players on the offense uh, or sorry, on the defensive side of the ball. Well, right now we're going to get into where do the Broncos offense, where do they go from here? We're going to touch on that right here. And uh, in particular, we got to start first 
with the quarterback position. I think that the emergence of Brandon Allen is really going to jumpstart the offense just from his mobility standpoint. There were still some reads and maybe some pocket awareness things that he certainly has to get figured out. But my guess is, and certainly it will do justice, I think, for a lot of those quarterbacks in the room, mainly Brett Rip, uh, Brett Rippon and, uh, and, of course, Drew Locke as well. We certainly do not know the timetable of Drew Locke. My guess is... Uh, he more than likely will be activated uh, come the next week on the bye week. Obviously, that's what John Elway had hinted toward. We still do not know if that's the case come next week, but I believe all indications from my gut feeling is that that lock will be activated around that time. But the expectation is, of course, that Allen will start against the Minnesota Vikings. You know, I believe he still did rather well. And, and as we saw on Sunday, I think one of the key things that we certainly need to keep in mind is that the mobility, and Cody had mentioned this in the post-game report, mobility is such a huge thing for this offense, and in particular with the Rick Scangarello offense, that if the Denver Broncos can certainly gather some of this, and in particular with some of that offense and those bootlegs especially, Something that I think with Joe Flacco, I you know he's truly a veteran quarterback. He's got that presence of a veteran quarterback. He's more of a cool and collected and just a calm leader in the locker room. So he more leads by example, more leads on the football field than he would probably vocally. And I think that for Flacco, him potentially being the overall fit, and maybe less mobile than what he once was has really kind of affected what he would do on those bootlegs and maintaining some of that presence in the pocket. So Brandon Allen gives a more flexible alternative for Scangarello to be flexible for, for those bootlegs and give guys like Noah Fan and Troy Fumagalli those opportunities now with the loss of Jeff Hireman. So those types of opportunities are certainly going to come and it will help that Cortland Sutton is emerging as a true bona fide star. I believe that if he was on a playoff team right now, that he would get much as far as a discussion and being talked about as already a top 10 wide receiver. That I just think that he's just that good. And he's going to make Brandon Allen's life much easier. Obviously, we certainly saw against the play, against the, 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 play, of Denzel, uh, the play of Denzel Ward in the end zone, where Allen said himself after the game that that was probably his worst throw of the game, and it ended up being a touchdown pass where Sutton reached around, grabbed it over Denzel Ward, and literally, as they say in the NFL circles, mossed Denzel Ward. It was a very impressive, impressive touchdown, and it was one where it was probably the first time all season where it was a true 50-50 ball, and as we've come to see even from last year, it seems like it's an 80-20 ball, 70-30 ball in favor of Cortland Sun because of his skill set at the wide receiver position. And even factor in some of their running game as well. And we'll get to that, of course, in the last part of the show. But ultimately, just where they go from here, it's gonna it's going to start with that quarterback position. And ultimately, I think that this is a true test of where we can go from a quarterback position. I think that so often we get wrapped up 
in the future of Drew Locke. And I think that the future of Drew Locke is very much uh, the focus, of course, because the Broncos want to see what they have in him. But it's also what can Brandon Allen do to showcase his talent for next year. Because if Allen showcases himself well enough, the Broncos are going to be in a much better situation going forward with a young quarterback, two young quarterbacks going forward as a backup, and then maybe even a potential starter next year if they decided to roll with Locke as that starter. And I think that if we can really say, if we want to certainly do that, and where do we go from here, and where do we want to project in the future, I ultimately can see the Broncos maybe looking at this quarterback position much like the San Francisco 49ers where you have a capable backup, a guy like a C.J. Beathard or, or more importantly, a Nick Mullins, a guy that if he was given this opportunity where he can come in and win you football games in a pinch or if Locke goes down with a certain injury in the future, Brandon Allen can be that guy. He's clearly shown that at least with the game against the Cleveland Browns, that he belongs in the National Football League, whether it's permanent or long-term, or sorry, permanent or short-term, at least right now he belongs on the Denver Broncos roster, and it's up to him certainly to continue to show whether he has a long-term future as starter. But I, I believe wholeheartedly that the Broncos want to see what they have in Drew Locke first before they certainly make the estimation of where do they go with Brandon Allen and their actual evaluation of him. And and certainly, uh, I think that the Broncos definitely felt comfortable. And it was the first time, I think, all season where the offense was humming. And I, his mobility is just a presence that the Broncos really had been missing for a few years. And it's something that I, I think they really had wanted out of Paxton Lynch and Certainly with Allen's skill set and him being able to maybe see pressure a little bit better than Flacco or escape pressure or extend plays and and even convert third downs with his legs, that's ultimately is going to really do him well. Now, granted, if we're really being honest with ourselves and especially with that game against the Cleveland Browns and where do we go from here, they still need to get better on third down. That is a huge selling point for this offense. They need to get better on third down. They absolutely have to make sure that the Denver Broncos are doing everything possible to to make sure that they are humming on offense and making sure that they are continually moving the chains on offense and doing everything they can to, to move the ball efficiently and effectively as possible. If they can manage and be 40%, 40 to 45% on third downs, maybe even 50%, if they can manage that, then they will be an effective offense going forward. And that is something that with Brendan Allen and with a true evaluation tool, that's something the Broncos and Scandarello and that offense have to find ways to get creative now, still, I think there's a little bit too much misdirection with that with, with, with Scandarello and that offense and with how they use Deontay Spencer. That's not a bad thing. But I, I think, you know, so much is so much, and they need to be a little bit careful in how they certainly utilize that because you do not want to become one-dimensional in how you use those uh, misdirection plays, those, those potential reverses. 
I mean, they, those can certainly open up those cases where, where you see Spencer on a potential end around or, or as we saw uh, Sutton on a potential end around against the Cleveland Browns. That was definitely a surprise. It was creative. I, I, we certainly did not see that coming. The creativity was a lot better. However, you certainly do not want to make a habit and make it a true habit of being too cute on offense. And I think that Scandrello uh, against the Cleveland Browns and, and, and overall really did a fantastic job, though, of getting a lot of those, those young playmakers open. And a few of those guys were the running back position. We're going to talk about that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But first, before we get into any of that, I want to tell you guys about DoorDash. Uh, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. So don't go anywhere. We will talk about Philip Lindsay and his potential role in that offense because we certainly saw that in the Wildcat against the Cleveland Browns. It is well documented. Philip Lindsay is a true icon in the state of Colorado, much like Dalton Reisner on the offensive line. And ultimately, Philip Lindsay has a true presence, even with the organization. I think if you were to ask a lot of Broncos players, him becoming a true vocal leader on this team, I, I would say that probably some may be surprised. But if you're talking to some of the veterans and was certainly what they saw last year, they're not surprised because here's a guy that went undrafted, was actually passed by the Denver Broncos and passed by the 32 other teams, 31 other teams, and made a a conscious decision to sign with the Denver Broncos, his hometown team. And that's that takes a lot of responsibility. It's it's saying that you're going to have the responsibility of an entire city. They they called on uh, as as Kyle Freeland says, they 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 called on me and and now it's up to me to perform. And I think that Philip Lindsay has really embraced the state of Colorado, much like he's he was with the CU Buffaloes, and he really has passed with flying colors. He's a tremendous talent. And I think so often, you know, scouts or, or anybody evaluating film, they certainly are doing their job. And at the same time, they they sort of fix their eyes on, on truly one skill set. But at the end of the day, Sometimes we have a tendency to forget something in detail or or whenever we're evaluating a player, just those 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 details we potentially missed in film. And I think that that was truly the case with a guy like a Philip Lindsay. And he, now we're starting to see that really blossom into a tremendous running back in the National Football League. Here's a guy that as short he as short as he is, he is willing and capable to run inside and outside. And I think that the one of the things that has been so impressive, and we certainly saw it with Vance Joseph when he was the head coach uh, of the Denver Broncos and when and when Philip Lindsay was here, it takes a lot of responsibility for them to even run a wildcat or even give him the bulk load of those carries in his rookie season. 
And the fact that he's clearly showing that impression with a new staff and a guy like Fangio and and Munchak and a bunch of all those veteran coaches on that staff really tells you that he's going to be a nightmare of a back going forward. Now, I think that if he can continue to certainly be more effective in the passing game, if they want to utilize him more on screenplays, and this is not taking away in any shape or form Royce Freeman because I think that Royce Freeman is as capable of a running back one as Philip Lindsay. There's things that Freeman does as far as a true, if we're looking at on paper, a true three down running back, Royce Freeman is that guy. And we certainly were saying before the season that Freeman probably should start out with those carries because come the end of the game, you may need a guy that can shoulder that load and take time off the clock and and get those first downs. Well, you also have to factor in too that Lindsey is more than capable of me of being that back. And I think that sometimes too, while there's plays where Royce Freeman should be on those short yardage plays or those as we say short and distance uh, plays. Philip Lindsay also at the same time has shown that he's more than capable of converting those plays. And I think that it's now going to afford the Broncos to maybe pick and choose who exactly they want on those short and distance situations because they can throw in a Royce Freeman and they can throw in a, a, a Philip Lindsay as well. But Philip Lindsay has been a breath of fresh air and, I think even having Andy Janovich back has been a tremendous help. We say so often, especially with Janovich and them being able to sign him to the contract extension, is that him being there and affecting the run blocking and creating holes for Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Janovich is the true unsung MVP, at least one of the few unsung MVPs that does not get talked about on this football team because he creates holes. He creates opportunities for both those backs, but also he can be utilized in the passing game. That's a separate point, obviously. But Lindsey is a special, special running back. He can run between the tackles. He's a more than capable receiver out of the backfield. And I would I would look especially more and more, and as Scangarello continues to tinker with the offense and really look into this offense and with a new quarterback at the helm like Brandon Allen, and especially with what we saw with his particular skill set at the table of mobility and trying to get him comfortable in a game plan and get him eased into a game itself, those short passes, those short intermediate passes to get him confidence to guys like Philip Lindsay. It's a trickle-down effect for a lot of guys on the offense, and I ultimately believe if we're looking truly at this offense, there's a there's an opportunity where they they could potentially be humming along so much that you know the offense in particular with a young quarterback, it will be where we certainly had had wanted to be with a young quarterback, and we don't know whether Brandon Allen is going to be or solidify that future. That's up to him to decide in these next few games against the Minnesota Vikings and Buffalo Bills. And as we said earlier, expectation is that he's going to start. 
against the Minnesota Vikings, and that's up to him to decide. But as, as far as we're talking about Philip Lindsay and him making and continuing to make a presence known, he's clearly making a presence known on on the staff, and I think that them showing a lot of confidence of giving the rock to or the football, as they say, to Philip Lindsay and the Wildcat at that particular moment. While, yes, it was a very creative design to get the first down and really make a snap decision and a very quick read to make that happen, it takes an incredible amount of trust to put Lindsay in that situation. A second-year player, a guy that had really come along and been the Chris Harris, as I used to say, of the offense, that vocal leader, a guy that can really provide a chip-on-the-shoulder mentality for that offense, a guy that has swagger, a guy that everybody on that offense can rally around. He is one of those players, those dynamite players that you can win football games with. And the fact that veteran coaches are seeing that now I think will only benefit Lindsey going forward and in particular with this offense because those are types of guys you can rely on deep into games. And I know we were talking about it earlier with Royce Freeman and his ability to be that dynamic back and as far as a three-down back, a guy that you can rely on late in games as well. That's just uh, the beauty of the Broncos offense now with both of those backs. But the fact of the matter is I, I just truly believe the Broncos have found something in Philip Lindsay, and I think that he's just he's a special, special running back, and the Broncos are lucky to have that type of back in their stable. And for Lindsay, props to him for continuing to just prove to everybody that he belongs in the National Football League and that he belongs in the discussion as far as some of the best running backs in the National Football League because he does. He can run, as we said earlier, he can run inside, outside, be a special back as a pass catcher, He's He can really do it all, and he just continues to surprise people each and every week and shut up those doubters along the way. Thank you guys very much for tuning into another edition of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. We will be back for another episode of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. And as we were saying at the top of the show and in the middle part of the show, please listen to the, Bron- uh, the Lockdown Broncos podcast over on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify, as well as the Google Play app, the Himalaya app, and the TuneIn Radio app. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cameron Parker PO. And if you guys are listening to the Lockdown Broncos podcast on iTunes, leave us a review. And if you guys are followers of us on Twitter, please, in that iTunes review, leave your Twitter handle. And both Cody and I will hit that follow button, and we will make sure to follow you back. Thank you guys very much for listening to your daily bite-size Broncos podcast.